Zipper rolls out to the right, pitches off to Taylor, and Taylor's to the 20. Down to the 15, down to the 10, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Touchdown, Billy Taylor! Touchdown, Billy Taylor! Billy Taylor scored a touchdown from 21 yards out. The crowd goes berserk. It was November 22nd, 1969 that they came to Barry, Michigan, all dressed in maize and blue. The words were said, the prayers were read, and everybody cried. But when they closed the coffin, there was someone else inside. Oh, they came to Barry, Michigan, but Michigan wasn't dead. And when the game was over, it was someone else instead. Eleven Michigan Wolverines put on the gloves of gray, and as the organ played the victors, they laid Woody Hayes away. Under center is Wangler at the 45. He goes back. He's looking for a receiver. He throws downfield to fire. Welcome to the Michigan Man Podcast on Wolverine Sports Radio, a member of the V-Sporto Network and in partnership with SB Nation's Maze and Brew for Wolverine fans from coast to coast. Go Blue and welcome to the show. I'm your host, Mike Fitzpatrick. Joining us today will be the radio play-by-play voice of the SMU Mustangs, Rich Phillips. Before he joins us, though, my view from Section 17. Last week, we saw encouraging signs from the offense. I think most fans are still concerned about that offensive line and with the offense in general. If you enjoyed last week's game, I'm thinking it should be more of the same this week. At least I hope it will be. Fans I've talked with, though, are still a bit cynical And I think it'll stay that way until we get Nebraska in here next weekend for the Big Ten opener. SMU is 0-2, and they've been blown out twice to start the season. Mustang Radio play-by-play voice Rich Phillips told me first-year head coach Sonny Dykes has some good young players, but make no mistake, this is a program undergoing a big-time rebuild. Rich joins us next on this week's Visitors segment here on The Michigan Man on Wolverine Sports Radio a member of the V-Sporto Network, and in partnership with SB Nation's Maze in Brew. This on our visitor segment this week is the radio play-by-play voice of SMU football, Rich Phillips. Welcome to the show, Rich. Hey, thanks, Mike. Thanks for having me on. Well, you're welcome. Uh, well, Rich, this Saturday is going to be only the second meeting between these two programs. The first was back in September of 63 here in Ann Arbor, a 27-16 Michigan win. I was a wee lad back then, so I don't remember that game. Not sure many fans on either side remember it. 
But is the fan base excited about coming up to the big house? Oh, I think absolutely. Uh, I can tell you the radio announcer is excited to come to the big house because <laughs> I've not been to any place. Uh, closest I've been to some place like that would be Texas A&M, I guess. But, uh, yeah, definitely a lot of excitement. Certainly a little nervousness, too, because of the uh, task that's ahead with another top 25 team. But, yeah, everybody's looking forward to going to Michigan. Being a Detroit Lions fan, and, wow, that is a, a long-suffering uh, job being a Lions fan. Last night they got pounded by the Jets. So we haven't had much to cheer up here about the Lions for a long time, but one of our all-time greats was an SMU Heisman Trophy winner, Doak Walker, and he was uh, one of the all-time greats, wasn't he, Rich? Absolutely. Uh, certainly a uh, legendary figure in SMU history, too. His number 37 immortalized at our stadium, and there's a uh, statue in Doak Walker Plaza right outside of the stadium, so certainly one of the legends. of. Uh, and as a matter of fact, I get to walk by his Heisman Trophy all the time, too, because it's on display in the athletic department. So definitely one of the, uh, the larger-than-life figures in SMU history. Well, SMU has had some great players, some great teams, and some rough times. In 1987, uh, SMU became the only the first team to receive the death penalty from the NCAA, and it took decades to overcome those penalties and get the program back to a competitive level, didn't it, Rich? Yeah, it sure did. Uh, it really, and, and to be honest with you, sometimes there's a lot of people that still think we're fighting against some of that. Um, there is some of it within administration sometimes that you feel like you're fighting an, an uphill battle and things like that. Uh, but uh, did finally, you know, 2009 through 2012 when June Jones was the head coach, had a, a run of four consecutive bowl games that started to turn a few things around about the program. Well, this year marks the beginning of the uh, Sonny Dykes era. Actually, he coached the bowl game at the end of last season. And coaching transitions, as we all know, take time. It doesn't matter where you are. He's a darn good football coach, Rich. Does he seem like a good fit at SMU? I think so, because, uh, you know, I think, uh, among other things, he really wants to be here. He's he's a Texas guy, of course, went to Texas Tech and uh, coached there for a number of years, too, as an assistant uh, under his dad. Uh, I think he's a guy who really wants to be here, and he really wants to see SMU get back to what it was when, when he was a kid watching the Pony Express days in mm-hmm. the early 80s. Uh, same, same with me, too. And so... Yeah, I think he's a good fit here. Um, Obviously, still some work to do after an 0-2 start to the season, but I think he is happy to be here. Well, as you mentioned, the season has not started out the way Mustang fans would like. They lost to North Texas in the opener. Home opener on Friday was a uh, wacky weather delay against TCU. And the Mustangs were actually up 9 to nothing early in that game, uh, and TCU sure came to life, didn't they, Rich? Yeah, they did. And then, you know, it was something that was really good to see SMU jump out early. They scored a 51-yard touchdown run on the opening possession of the game and then helped out by that wacky weather uh, that led to a bad snap on a TCU punt and a safety. Uh, their offense, though, just hasn't quite gotten on the same page uh, all the way around yet because uh, after the first score and a, a decent drive on their second possession, they had uh, five straight three and outs, and during that time is when TCU started to show that they were a top 25 team and they came to life. Well, Michigan fans do not know a lot about this SMU team, so if we could, let's talk about the team a bit and some of their key players, beginning with uh, quarterback Ben Hicks. He threw 33 touchdown passes last year. He's put up really good numbers in his career, Rich, hasn't he? He absolutely has. Um, he threw that, that uh, touchdown number last year was a school record. His career touchdown total of 54 is a school record, and he's only a junior. Uh, he took over as a starter 
one game into his redshirt freshman year, so he does have a lot of starts under his belt. Uh, the, the the problem that he's having right now is just uh, what they have for him at wide receiver. Um, last year, this team had two players drafted off of it, Cortland Sutton in the second round by the uh, Denver Broncos, and then the Mr. Irrelevant was Trey Quinn, drafted by the Washington Redskins, two guys who both played Sunday, by the way. And they replaced him with a couple of transfers. Uh, C.J. Sanders, who's a, a grad transfer from uh, Notre Dame, and then uh, a, a, a Division One transfer, Reggie Robertson, who's playing at the other receiver spot. And they haven't gotten on the same page yet mm-hmm. with Ben. And then complicating matters uh, in Friday's game against TCU, they both got hurt in the first half and didn't play in the second half. And so the second half of that game, yeah, James Prochet, who's been a really good player for a couple of years playing with Ben Hicks, playing alongside three other receivers who had about a combined 12 catches in their careers. So it's a lot about chemistry right now between Ben and his receivers that's still missing. As far as the offensive line, is it not clicking yet? Uh, yeah, I would say that's been a concern too. You know, uh, four of the five guys were starters at some point last year. Uh, one of them back from injury, Nick Detour at left guard. But uh, they, they have struggled some. Chad Percy, their left tackle, got dinged up during the game the other night but did return. Uh, the one new member is a grad transfer, Larry Hughes at the right tackle spot, but um, Dave, of course, you know, last week against TCU, they're playing against a terrific front, which they're going to do again this week at Michigan. The week before, in the opener against North Texas, they, they weren't opening holes for the running game, and they weren't keeping the quarterback upright very well. They've given up uh, four sacks in each of the two games so far this season, so definitely still some work to do on the offensive line. Now, as far as the running game goes, the Mustangs do have Xavier Jones back. He ran for over a thousand yards last year. He's had some injuries in his career, but when he's healthy, he's a pretty darn good back, isn't he, Rich? Yeah, he in their running back position, Sonny will tell you this, it's probably the best position they have on the team, although now they're dealing with injuries there. Uh, Xavier was uh, dinged up in fall camp and has been uh, not quite 100% to the first two games, uh, but he is, when he's healthy, kind of the do-everything back. Braden West, who has been healthy and has been their number one guy the first two weeks, he's a very small and quick running back who has done a ton in his career at SMU and, and can can hit you for the big play like the 51-yard touchdown run he had against TCU. And then they got a much bigger back for short yardage, Kamen Freeman, but he got hurt in the first half of uh, Saturday, uh, Friday's game against TCU. I think he'll play this week against Michigan, but uh, two of the three guys are uh, fighting some things in the backfield. Well, this offense was very, very good last year, as you mentioned. Uh, Hicks is back. Four of the uh, the offensive linemen got a lot of playing time last year. Uh, Xavier Jones in the backfield. Yes, Sutton and Quinn are in the uh, NFL, so you're breaking in new receivers. Does it uh, seem like this offense is just taking time to gel, but it seems like they have talent there. Yeah, it definitely is just taking time to gel. And, and, and part of it's been, too, that they they've done a really really poor job on third down the first two mm-hmm. games uh, North Texas game especially a couple weeks ago and therefore they didn't have many plays that they have run they they have in two games they've only been on the field for about 120 125 snaps i think offensively whereas their defense has been on the field for almost 200 snaps in the first two games and so there there've been some questioning why we haven't seen one of the freshman quarterbacks behind Ben Hicks play a little more in the first two weeks just to get some time and the honest answer is because Ben Hicks needs time. Ben Hicks needs time with his wide receivers and with his offensive line still to gel a little bit because they just haven't had enough action so far. Well last year the SMU defense ranked 121 out of 129 in Division I giving up 476.7 yards per game but seven starters are back and they've given up 88 points in the first two games. 
Talk about that defense and some of the key players we're going to see on Saturday against Michigan. Well, first off, Mike, I'll be honest. It felt like we were 129 out of 129 <laughs> last year. They, they, honestly, this team had so many problems defensively and several games last year where late in the game, they were driving to try and score and tie or take the lead, and they slowed the possession down to try to leave less time for the, their defense to be on the field. Uh, while there are a number of returners, there's a lot of guys that Sonny brought in this year. Uh, there are uh, about four or five transfers that are in the mix now on the defensive side this year. Two of them are at linebacker with Richard Moore and Trevor Denbo. Both are junior co- are one's a junior college transfer, one's a transfer from Texas A&M. They've got two transfer safeties who've been playing uh, a lot of the first couple of weeks. Uh, you mentioned the 88 points, but I can tell you right now, 28 of those points were scored when the defense wasn't on the field. They've given up a kick return, a punt return, a fumble, and an interception for touchdowns in the first two weeks of the season. Plus, there was a punt return to the 15 last week that led to a touchdown for TCU. So, uh, I say take the score out of it first, because that, that points against doesn't tell you about this defense. They, they really have improved a lot defensively. Their offense has put them in good situations to be able to show it as much because they've been on the field so much but definitely signs are going in the right direction on the defensive side of the ball well and that just takes time i know i was looking back at last year's schedule where the offense as we said was very very good but it looked like i mean really put no up doubt. a lot of points yeah no doubt i mean they were scoring about 36 and a half a game last year and giving up about 36 a game so yeah. it was a a tough combination where they scored a bunch simply because they had to score a bunch and, and there were a few games where they scored upwards of 40 points and didn't win and part of that is the way life is by the way in the american athletic conference when you're playing with memphis and central florida and some schools like that well last question for you rich uh, given the fact that Sonny's first year as head coach and he's been a very successful guy and he's going to have to establish his program and have time to do that this year what are the realistic expectations for smu football I really think, and given to uh, the the start that they're off to, which I don't think is a total surprise at 0-2, I think getting to a bowl game is going to be really tough because uh, while we've got today here, uh, this week here at Michigan, in a couple weeks, they uh, are the, the following week they start conference play with Navy, a team they haven't beaten in 20 years. Uh, then uh, early on in conference play, they go to Central Florida, who we all know has been undefeated for more than a year now. Uh, the Americans definitely is uh, showing some signs of going in the right direction. I think four or five wins or possibilities. Uh, they're going to have to scratch a few together here uh, later in the season, I think, to get it done. But uh, I think uh, it's going to be a little bit of growing pains like you often see uh, with uh, first-year head coaches. Well, one more thing that just popped into my mind. You played TCU last week, and of course, uh, Ohio State is going to be tangling with them uh, down at Jerry's World this mm-hmm. weekend. Do you think TCU can put the stops or slow down that Ohio State offense? Uh, they might be able to, but I tell you, I, I was not very impressed with their offense last week. Uh, they've got a, a first-year starting quarterback. He's a sophomore, Sean Robinson, who mm-hmm. I think is going to be really good for them, but they weren't quite hitting on all cylinders, I didn't think, offensively. Their defense is pretty solid. Uh, I think it'll be a low-scoring game between those two teams at uh, Cowboy Stadium, but uh, it, it'll be a pretty good test early in the season for TCU, that's for sure. Well, this Saturday, SMU makes uh, a trip to the big house, and as we said, it's the first time since 19. 19- 1963, so uh, a big game for Sonny Dykes and his program as he continues to build, and a big game for Michigan as we try to uh, keep the momentum going. My guest today has been the radio play-by-play voice of SMU football, Rich Phillips. Rich, thank you for your time, and enjoy your weekend up here in Ann Arbor. Okay, appreciate it, Mike. Quick Hits is next as we wrap it up for another week here on The Michigan Man. 
on Wolverine Sports Radio, a member of the V-Sporto Network, and in partnership with SB Nation's Maze and Brew. On Quick Hits today, nothing new on the injury front. Offensive line coach Ed Warner met with the media on Wednesday and said the O-line was still a work in progress. He said competition is daily, and if you don't perform, you can be replaced. He said some of the younger guys are getting reps in practice, but he wants them to be ready, and that means not rushing them. He said there was improvement from week one to week two, but there needs to be more. Shea Patterson was a guest on 97, won the ticket on Wednesday here in the Detroit area and said fans just need to relax. He is impressed with the progress his teammates are making and says the offense is going to get better. Here are some game day notes. We've only played SMU once before. That was on September 28, 1963 here in Ann Arbor, a 27-14 Michigan win. Head coach Sonny Dykes is in his first year as head man at SMU he is 41 and 46 in eight years as a head coach. SMU is seven and six last year, four and four in the American Athletic Conference. They played in the Frisco Bowl last year and lost to Louisiana Tech 51 to 10. They returned seven starters on both offense and defense. They are 0 and 2 to start the season. Game time is 3:30 p.m. and can be seen on BTN, or you can tune in Jim and Dan on the IMG Michigan Radio Network. It looks like another beautiful weather day for us. If the forecast holds up, it's going to be partly sunny with temps in the mid-80s at the start of play. No rain in the forecast, at least not right now. Don't forget our free show app is available from the Google Play and iTunes stores. You can also hear us on Spotify, TuneIn, iHeart, Stitcher, and Wolverine Sports Radio. Next week, we get ready for the start of Big Ten play. Scott Frost will be bringing his Cornhuskers into the big house for a noon kickoff. On Tuesday's game day show, my scheduled guest is Michigan and NFL great John Jensen. On Thursday's visitors segment, we'll be joined by Ben McLaughlin from the Husker Sports Network. He hosts the radio pre- and post-game shows and is the sideline reporter during the games on radio. So I hope you'll join us next week for both of those shows. That will do it for this week. Whether you're in the big house on Saturday, watching on TV, or listening on the radio, enjoy the game. And have a great Wolverine weekend, everyone. I'm your host, Mike Fitzpatrick. Until we meet again, take care, and as always, go blue. Thanks for joining us today on The Michigan Man, here on Wolverine Sports Radio, a member of the V-Sporto Network, and in partnership with SB Nation's Maze and Brew. Our listener lines are open 24-7 for your calls at 313-263-4842. That's 313-263-4842. Or email us at themichiganmanpodcast at yahoo.com. That's themichiganmanpodcast at yahoo.com. The Michigan Man Podcast is produced at the studios of Robin Lynn Productions, Allen Park, Michigan, and is not affiliated with the University of Michigan. Go Blue!